children in Ukraine have been wounded and are traumatized by the violence. UNICEF is on the ground providing health, hygiene and critical emergency supplies. Please go to unicef.org to donate now. Thank you. ABS Media Papa Hotel Lima Echo November Radio Check. Papa Echo November, good afternoon, uh, read you five. Good afternoon, read you five as well, Papa Echo November. The Exxon radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Worldwide toll-free, 1-800-610-7035. Email exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, exxonradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. Exxonation, now this hour we're going to be speaking to J.R. Lankford about her book. It's a new and very interesting book entitled The Sacred Imposter. Now, let me tell you a little bit about uh, J.R. before we get into the interview. In the 1900s, uh, J.R. Lankford quit her former job, which involved jetting around the world to oversee the development of world standards for electrical products, to pursue a childhood dream of writing novels. She is the acclaimed author of the Jesus Thief series, which consists of The Jesus Thief, The Secret Madonna, and The Sacred Imposter, of which we're going to be speaking about tonight. About an attempt uh, to clone Jesus of Nazareth using DNA stolen from the Shroud of Turin. Landed by pioneer cloning scientist, the late Dr. Robert H. Foote of Cornell, and by book list in a start review, the series has twice been opted for film. Translation rights to all three books recently have been sold to Portuguese, Russian, and Turkish publishers. A fourth book in this series, The Covert Messiah, is underway. She has written one murder mystery, Murder Without Motive, and joining me now is L.K. Langford. And L.K., uh, I'm sorry, J.R., welcome to the show. Well, thank, uh, thank you, Rob. Thank you for having me. All right. Uh, 
Tell me, what was your inspiration for writing this series, and in particular, the book we're talking about tonight, The Sacred Imposter? Well, science and belief have always been two of my twin passions. Uh, belief in the sense of what people do, what we do because of what we believe. Mm-hmm. And my husband and I are both electrical engineers, so we follow science. And, well, we heard, I heard that there was really type AB blood on the shroud. Uh, that was in 1999, I think it was, when I first heard that. And um, that's a blood type that's not very common here in the U.S., but is, uh, or in Europe, but is common in the Middle East. That's right. Specifically. Yeah. So um, that was startling. And then when I heard um, that a science scientist actually did run unauthorized PCR replication, uh, uh, which is a DNA sequencing test on the shroud, on the shroud blood. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it, and I was off. I had the title of the first book, the concept just instantly came into my mind, and I was off searching immediately. Well, let me ask you this. As you said, the type of blood found on the Shroud of Turin wasn't unusual for the Middle East. So why the big interest? Uh, well, because that the, the as you know, the Vatican owns owns it's a piece of cloth. It's mm-hmm. fourteen feet, and it has the image of a man front and back on it. Right. Uh, what appears to be a scourge crucified man. Uh, so there has been uh, contra- a great deal of controversy about this shroud, which continues to this day. Although uh, re- recent developments are very interesting, all right, <laughs> I'll be glad to talk about. So okay, the now, fact that Jr. We've got to take a commercial break. Please stand by. Exxon Nation. Jr. Lankford is our special guest this hour. Here's a website: www.jrlankford.com. That's www.jrlankford.com. And we'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, J.R. Langford is my special guest this hour. We're talking about the sacred imposter. J.R.'s website is www.jrlangford.com. 
www.thepetshow.com. Uh, JR, what are some of the most recent uh, um, findings when it comes to the Shroud of Turin? Because there's a lot of controversy uh, around it, especially since the DNA or the true identity of the person that is depicted in the Shroud has not been positively identified as Christ. In fact, Many people speculate that why the church is so guarded of this cloth is that it is not, in fact, Jesus Christ, and that if it was proven not to be the shroud or the death shroud of Jesus, that this would add more controversy to the existence of Christ throughout the world. Well, what's so interesting about this shroud is that if it's a medieval fake, I mean, the first record we have of its existence was like 1345, I Uh believe. It ought to be darn easy to prove that. It ought not to take multiple scientific teams and multiple investigations. Think of the technology that existed in 1345. Sure. We are not able, no one has been able to exactly reproduce what this shroud and all the features of the shroud today. So um, there have been a number of scientific investigations. Uh, the, the one one everyone's familiar with happened probably in 1978, and it concluded it was the real image of a, of a crucified man. So then the question became, well, who is how it? did it get there? <laughs> yeah, who is it? You can, you can never prove who it is. Right. But it ought to be easy to prove it's a fake, and that's what's so exciting about the very well, latest development. You see, I, I, don't, I don't dispute its, its authenticity of being the actual shroud of of a person. I don't know why everyone believes it's Jesus Christ, especially since crucifixion was not unusual in that day and time. Well, yes, but the details on the shroud are what's unusual. Um, it, it just First of all, everything that's described in biblical records of the mm-hmm. crucifixion um, shows up on the shroud, and these were not commonly done to all criminals. Certainly not all people crucified had a crown of thorns put on their head. Um, the, the flogging, the details of a flogging of a spear, there's a, there's a, you can see where the uh, blood flowed from the lance, a lance, something piercing the right chest. Mm-hmm. And very suggestive is the fact that uh, all of the early depictions, the medieval depictions of, of Jesus on the cross, had him hanging from his hands. Well, the shroud shows that the wounds were not in the palm of the hand, but in the wrist. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> only in recent years have we discovered that wrist nailing actually was the Roman practice, because right. the bones of the hand aren't strong enough to support a body. Um but wouldn't it be wouldn't it be to the, wouldn't it be to the advantage of the church to let an investigation proceed and prove that in fact that the the probability of this shroud having covered the the figure known as Christ was real instead of them hiding it and not allowing scientific investigation to proceed to the fullest? Well, I don't think they they are hiding anything. I I think they have cooperated. I think their concern is, just like the thing I mentioned, there have been a number of unauthorized things Mm -hmm. done. The most recent thing, to me, is the most exciting, and it has just been announced. Uh, Out of the University of Padua, 
a, a team of Italian scientists have concluded, and it was headlines just a week ago, uh, the turn shroud, uh, well, the headline in the uh, London's Telegraph is not a medieval for- forgery. So scientists have been saying this, and now they're saying it definitively. There's just no conceivable way with the technology that existed at the time that this could be, be, have been created as a fake. But once again, so, but once again, I'm, I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't think the dispute is coming from the world that it's a forgery. I think the dispute or the, or, or the skepticism is that it's the shroud of death for Jesus Christ, the, the Christian Savior. I think this is where the controversy yeah. is coming from. You're, that it is. I don't think there's any way to prove that it is Jesus. All right. I, I, to, uh, it, not in scientific terms. All right. So if if it's you, not if it's not being proved as the shroud that covered the the that was the death shroud of Jesus Christ, what's the significance of it then? Why all the hoopla? Well, because it, it because of the obvious possibility that it is. But to prove it is, you would need someone who's related to Jesus to get their DNA to match the, the DNA uh-huh. on the shroud to it, to prove it in modern scientific terms. It's never going to be possible to prove it in modern scientific terms. But it, it, what has been proven to my satisfaction and, and to many of, uh, uh, that of many, is that it's not a fake. It, there's just no conceivable way it could have been fake. So where does that leave us? Well, it's, a, it's in a you know, kind of a no-man's land. You exactly. can't prove it positively, but you can't disprove it. So All right. that's yeah, See, I'm looking at it as a person who, who is rather rational, and I'm saying, okay, big deal. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's the shroud of someone who has died, who was crucified. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what's the big hoopla about? Well, the big hoopla, that some people say Jesus Christ didn't even exist. That's true. And uh, so, I mean, there there is a debate. I mean, there are different faiths and different religions around the world. Uh-huh. Well, for m- many do acknowledge that Jesus, or for instance, Muslims, uh, what is the name they have for him? They believe Jesus Christ existed, but they see him as a prophet rather than the Son of God. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it means a great deal to people of faith what 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 science has to say about this shroud. But when we look at the biblical um, authenticity itself, the Bible in itself Mm -hmm. leaves a lot to question as to its authenticity, as to the events actually happening. When you look at the Bible on the big score of things, we know the Earth wasn't created in seven days. We know that Adam and Eve were not the only two people that were able to propagate the entire world as we know it today. We know for a fact that Noah did not have two of every animal on his ark, if in fact Noah did exist. So why should we take this little thing, the shroud, and turn it into something fantastic? Well, I'm going to go out on a limb now and talk about my beliefs as opposed Mm -hmm. to, first of all, the first Notice that Jesus Christ didn't say any of those things. Right. <laughs> those things are in the Old Testament. Right, which was written so, by the book of Genesis, was written by Moses. Okay. So I think they're separate issues. Whether Jesus Christ existed and what he said and whether it has any relevance to anyone, 
I think it's a separate issue about what the Bible, Old Testament, says about creation. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I, I certainly treated it as that in my personal belief system. But if you were to ask me um, uh, what I think about what the Old Testament has to say, um, like I said, I, I'm an electrical engineer. I you know, uh-huh. am a logical, reasonable person. Okay. But what I have observed is that science does not explain what science does is it it observes beautifully. It it tests and records and gives us all this beautiful information, and it's so vast that we think we've got an explanation. Uh, like last week, whether they discovered the Higgs boson, they called called it the God part. Mm-hmm. Uh, except where did the Higgs boson come from? <laughs> you know, it can't be the God card card particle, it had to be created from something. So, you know, I personally don't believe that that science and belief are as incompatible as many people say they are. Well, if, if you don't believe part of the Bible, how can you believe another part? It makes no sense to me. It's either you're a believer or you're not. Well, I, I some people say that. I, I don't agree. I, I, I think... Uh, First of all, there are historical records to support uh, some of the Jesus story, right? And, and, and other parts of it, too. I, I think I, I don't agree that you must believe the whole Bible to believe any of it. I personally don't believe that. Well, we know for a fact Christ wasn't born on December the 25th. We know that this was an early attempt by the Romans and, and the early Christians to take control of the religion that was... Uh, that was losing ground vastly to the to the pagan rituals, and you know it's exactly. you know it, it seems that throughout history Christianity has been a big marketing game. When you look at the establishment of Catholicism, let's let's call a spade a spade. The Pope is the CEO, the Cardinals are the board of directors, and everyone who goes to church on Sunday, they're the stockholders. Well, I agree with that. I mean. Most religions, as they are organized, mm-hmm. are social institutions. Yeah. Uh, they in, now, in addition to whatever their belief about God is, they're certainly social institutions. And the Catholic Church, Church is the most successful social institution we call a religion so far. And uh, and it's also clear that the Romans did do exactly as you said. Yep. They used Christianity to control the populace at the time. And I believe, my personal belief, again, is that in doing that, um, they threw out, you know, helped create the Bible. They threw out parts of it they didn't like. That's exactly. good for controlling people. <laughs> and, you know, created something for the intent, for an intent other than belief right. in God. Or- okay, stand by, J.R. You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour, Exxon Nation. J.R. Lankford is our special guest, www.jrlankford.com, and she's the author of a book entitled The Sacred Imposter. We'll be back on the other side of the snooze break with some fine words from our sponsors as the Exxon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away.
Hi, this is Rob McConnell, and I invite you to join me on Turquoise Radio for the X-Zone Radio Show, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. After 21 years of paranormal TV and radio, thousands of celebrity interviews, and millions of worldwide supporters, I am very excited to bring my show to Turquoise Radio, where together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal to the science of parapsychology and all topics in between. Check out the website at turquoiseradio.com for showtimes. The X-Zone Radio Show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, on Turquoise Radio. And I'll see you in the X-Zone. You're listening to the X-Zone Radio Show, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network, X-Zone Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, and Star Cable. Our toll-free telephone number worldwide is 1-800-610-7035. Our email address, xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www. XZoneRadioTV.com I saw a garage sale pulled up in the yard Found a statue of Jesus that was eight feet tall He held out his arms and he seemed all alone So I loaded him up and I drove him home Out by my driveway he looks down the street Long hair and sandals made of reborn concrete I painted him white with a long purple robe He's a rock of ages on a gravel road He's an 800 pound Jesus Welcome back, everyone. My guest this hour is J.R. Lankford. Her website is www.jrlankford.com. And we're talking to J.R. about her book entitled The Sacred Imposter. Um... Tell me more about your book and the characters. Are the books and the characters based on fact, or is it totally fiction? I've tried to um, make these stories as authentic as possible in every respect that I can, because they do have a fanciful premise. Mm -hmm. With uh, technology as it exists today, it is not possible to clone um, the blood that's on the Shroud of Turin. Who knows what will happen in the future? Mm-hmm. Um, but 
this this premise is, I think, so interesting to so many people. And cloning, human cloning, is so important. I mean, there is a scientist right now who is actively trying to clone both the living and the dead. There are two, in fact, and may have succeeded for all we know. So this is something society will have to grips with. So in the first book, I wrote it in such a way that when you close the book, you understand exactly what cloning is. And I created characters in terms of the faith side of the story that represent who we really are. Um, my quote-unquote mad scientist, Felix, is a brilliant man with two Harvard PhDs. And um, I asked myself, why would he do this? Mm-hmm. So I remembered a story that I'd read about a priest who discovered his parents were Jews and the trauma this uh, caused him. And so I used that theme to create Felix's background. And he has always dreamed of examining the Shroud of Turin, and his dream is coming true. And as, as it is, he gets a call from his sister in New York and discovers their parents were really Jews to escape Nazi Italy. And uh, in religious turmoil, he snips the, the blood and brings it back into New York in order to undo this crime, as he calls it. And so then for the other character, he represents science or, or mind in the book. In the other characters, there's a woman who represents faith. Just face. She believes God watches over her. And then there's another major character who represents the world. You know, mm-hmm. his, he's 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 a good guy, but he's not into God, <laughs> and uh, thinks the world can be an unfair place at times. And he does his best not to step on anybody, but doesn't sweat it. You know. Gotcha. So through these characters, I try to explore, you know, who we are. Uh, in 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 how we live in the world, what we do because of what we believe, and how the world would react if this actually happened, if someone succeeded in cloning. Do Do you think that we actually need to get into cloning? Do you think cloning is going to be a um, a hazard or or a stumbling block for society? Well, yes, I think it's absolutely going to happen, and I think it may have happened already in secret. The trouble is that I think it's unfortunate that the science has driven underground. There has been such hysterical reaction, not just from the media, but Uh from government. When anyone announces, oh, I think we've got a point clone pregnancy, the last time it happened here in the U.S. down in Florida, uh, the government tried to take um, custody of the child. And, of course, from the parents' point of view, this is their child. They don't want that to happen. So there's so much chaos around it that if if a clone were produced, uh, it it we may not know. So it's 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 all happening in private. But what would be the and event? whether what? it should or not? Yeah. Uh, you know, I personally have mixed feelings uh, because there 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 are dangers, which I explain in the yes. book. You know, medical dangers, and then there's the whole question of identity. You know, yeah. um, who is this person? You know, what I mean, you could say, okay, they're a twin. Uh, I mean, there's so many complex questions that are raised by it. Do you, do you think that, 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 no. that men are now trying to replicate God himself? They're trying to play God? Well, we've always been that, I think. <laughs> you know, my personal... What do you mean, in what respect? Well, isn't it 
only God who creates, and if man creates, then we have become gods, and we have no longer a need for God or any of his teachings. Yes, well, um, I personally am a, am a believer in this extent. I believe there is a force we call God, mm-hmm. and I believe it's benevolent, <laughs> let's hope. Um, but also, uh, one of the things I'm writing in the in the series I'm writing, in the book I'm writing in the series now, I'm, I'm exploring um, Jesus, some of Jesus' messages in the Bible, and they're not just in the Bible, they're in fact in every religion, not just in religions, you can open philosophy books and find them. The concept that we are co-creators of life with God, because Jesus did say the kingdom of God is within you, and he said it many times. So I'm exploring, okay, what did he mean by that? What does that mean? And but I'm exploring it in a real world story. I'm just, uh, I'm, so, just I'm, I'm just taking a thought here. Um, let's let's get back to the to to the the very crux uh, of the entire um, uh, argument. Do we need to actually clone? What will be the advantages? We always hear about the disadvantages. What are some of the advantages? Well, for some people, it's a very personal and very, you know, one of the people who the, this doctor Panov, I think his name is, one of his clients had lost a child, and and it's online this photograph of this beautiful baby girl. So the parents are in grief. You know, they they want that child. You know, now whether they can get whether whether what they get will be that child or just a twin or what. Mm-hmm. That's open to all debate, but that is what drives most of of the people um, who who attempt this. Um, and there are also people who can't have children, but they don't want to adopt. They want to have a biological heir, so they clone themselves. And then, of course, there's 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 all kinds of other things that could come up, which society needs to be worried about or. When, when this happens, we need to talk about this. Are we going to allow somebody to take a, some of uh, Einstein's hair and clone him? Well, what about Stalin? <laughs> you know? So it, it raises all kinds of questions for society, and it just fascinated me, and that's why I wrote this first book. Now, in the later books, what I've done is each book continues the story where the last one stopped. But I use it as like a canvas to take the characters to a different country, introduce new characters and new themes. And the current one, uh, in the current one, has a Mexican theme. And it explores the Virgin of Guadalupe tradition. I was fascinated to learn about uh, the Mexican uh, art of curanderismo. That's their ancient healing art. And so I have a curanderisma in the book. And, um, of course, the mm-hmm. current issues that we're dealing with, of what so-called illegal immigration, and all that means for the people who come here and for those who, are all, who already live in the United States. So I've, I've used that uh, new canvas, as I, as I said, for this fourth book. You know, I, I'm looking at the titles of your book, uh, The Jesus Thief, The Secret Madonna, The Secret Imposter. What is The Jesus Thief about? 
The Jesus Thief is the first book, and that's the story about stealing those threads from the Shroud of Turin. Okay, now and let's go to the next book, The Secret Madonna. Well, that picks up the story ten years later. Ah. And it's, we're in Italy, and we have a mother and child. And so we learn the story of the child who is clone, and what happens, how the world reacts to him. <laughs> So that's what happens in that book. Do you think that it's possible that when it was written in the Bible, the second coming of Christ, they were actually talking about a futuristic look into the world and that the second coming of Christ would be him uh, being brought back through cloning? Well, I think it's entirely... The first coming of Christ, it it was kind of a cloning, because you had a woman, it, mm-hmm. it's exactly, really parallels the science of cloning. I find, found that so interesting. Um, you had a woman uh, and her egg, and something was implanted in her egg that was not her, did not, you know, come from a, a human, some, anyone she mated with. Well, the same thing happens in cloning today. You, have a, you must have a mother, you have, and there's an egg, mm-hmm. and then... Something else is implanted in her egg. To, to now, in now, a way, now this is if you a, this is if you believe the story as it's told in the Bible. But what happens oh, yes. if hypothetically, 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 yes. if Mary was actually had a sexual encounter? With Joseph, Joseph being an older guy and Mary being a younger girl, they had to do something, and they concocted this entire story. And what happens, what would happen if the entire story about Jesus Christ was nothing else but a cover-up to, 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 to hide a very illicit, promiscuous affair? Well, uh, whether that happened or not, um, what's interesting about Jesus is the later stories of what he said and what he did. Ah, but if you take the perception that the conception may have been a lie, then everything else pertaining to that story would be a lie as well. Well, no, because, um, well, it depends on who who is telling the story, story, you know, because Jesus wasn't born. He he himself may not know how he was born. Mm -hmm. So he cannot, you know, attest to that personally. Um, unless he actually was the Son of God. <laughs> um, but, um, for instance, I find tremendous parallels between what Jesus actually said in the Bible, not the whole rest of the Bible, but especially what Jesus actually said, and a great deal of what we call New Age thought today. Uh, for instance, every time Jesus healed, just about, I don't think there's an exception, he said, your faith has healed you which implies it's possible to heal your body, yourself, just by believing you can. Well, today we call that the placebo effect. Every day, science, they've just given it a name so they don't have to think about it. Well, what is the placebo effect? But the ability, a demonstration that the body is able to heal itself. We are able to heal ourselves. Or is is it just a matter of mind over matter? Mind over matter, I guess, I think so. I, I really believe much of what is called, considered um, out there thinking is tomorrow's science. Uh, because, you know, um, when Newton discovered... 
gravity. Mm-hmm. They accused witchcraft and said dabbling in the occult. All right, stand by. Well, We've I- got to take our final break. Exo Nation, J.R. Langford is our guest www.jrlangford.com Send me an email, exxon.exxonradiotv.com Tell me what you think. Is it possible that the Bible itself is nothing else but one big fairy tale? We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Long purple road He's a rock of ages on a gravel road He's an 800 pound Driving last Friday on her way to Cincinnati on a snow white Christmas Eve. Going home to see her mama and her daddy with the baby in the back seat. Fifty miles to go and she was running low on faith and gasoline. It'd been a long, hard year. She had a lot on her mind and she didn't pay attention. She was going away too fast. Before she knew it, she was spinning on a thin black sheet of glass. She saw both her lives flash before her. Exonation uh, J.R. Langford's our special guest this hour, www.jrlangford.com. And she is the uh, author of the Jesus Thief series. And once again, www.jrlangford.com. Just before we get back to JRXONation, don't forget the X Chronicles newspaper is now available at www.xchronicles-newspaper.com forward slash newspaperstand.htm. First of all, Jared, I'd like to thank you very much for joining us tonight and uh, sharing the, the controversial story about the Shroud of Turin and how you've been able to spin it into a modern day on... Um, uh, fictional account. Why did you do it out of fiction instead of making it into a novel? Well, it, the, the, it is not. These are thrillers, um, and that's just the writer part of me. I love spinning a story of suspense and danger, mm-hmm. getting my characters back against the wall. So that's what they are, and I've used that genre to also explore things. Themes of religion uh, and science. Now, I understand uh, you have another book that's in the works. Tell me about it. The Covert Messiah is called. Well, in this novel, um, it came about because I, I don't know if. Oh, you said the the um, the last producer who optioned this this Jesus the for film uh, for a Hollywood film asked me if I would. Why wouldn't I write a book about? Um, the Jesus clone interacting with the world as an adult. And, of course, I'd been ducking that for years because I didn't feel competent to write Jesus. Okay, we're, we're running out of time very fast here. Can you tell me about the book, please? Oh, well, that's what it's about. <laughs> and uh, I started meditating by coincidence when mm-hmm. he, at the same time he suggested that, and inspiration just came. All right, so J.R. The clone we... is 
Yeah, all right. We've we've run out of time for tonight. I want to thank you so much for joining us. And Exo Nation, if you'd like to find out more about J.R. Langford, visit her website at www.jrlankford.com. That's www.jrlankford.com. Um, tell me, Exo Nation, are you a believer or are you a skeptic when it comes to Jesus? That's the question of the day. Send me an email. Tell me what you think. Tell me what you believe and why you believe in what you believe. We know for a fact that the Bible was written by man. We know for a fact that the authors sometimes had a habit of embellishing the facts. We know that Christ wasn't born on December the 25th. We know that Adam and Eve were not the only two people on earth. We know for a fact that um, Noah didn't have two of every animal on the planet in his ark, if in fact Noah really did exist. Send me an email, xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. That's xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. I'll be back on the other side of the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, with yours truly, Rob McConnell. 1-800-610-7035 is our toll-free number. My email address, one more time, xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. This is the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. I'll be back on the other side of the news. Don't go away. Don't go away.